And welcome to WDW Radio Live. I am Lou Mangello, and this is the WDW Newscast for Wednesday, September 18th, 2013. Where did the summer go? I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this live broadcast every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, as well as my audio podcast that you can find at iTunes, my videos, blog, live events, Walt Disney World trivia books, CDs, discussion forums, mobile apps. There's lots going on over at www.radio.com. And tonight's show is sponsored by The Ears of Steel. It's a new book that asks... Are you man enough to go to Walt Disney World? Because I think a lot of guys have misconceptions about Disney, right? It's just for kids. I feel silly. I don't like princesses. There's nothing for me to do. Well, Bart Scott, he's a real man's man, comes to the rescue with a guidebook unlike anything you've ever seen in Ears of Steel. It's aimed right at those guys who think they're a little bit too macho for a place like Walt Disney World. It focuses on things like manly rides like Mission Space and Space Mountain and Little Mermaid. Yes, there's a funny story there. So it's something for the men. It's something for the ladies. It's sometimes very, very funny. And you can actually get a free excerpt of the book by visiting the Intrepid Traveler's website over at intrepidtraveler.com. Again, looking forward to Ears of Steel coming out in just a few weeks. So let's get right into this week's Walt Disney World news. There's some really interesting stuff to talk about. And if you are a fan, how could you not be? of Disney's Polynesian Resort and a Disney Vacation Club member rejoice because today, this week, yesterday, I don't know, a couple days ago, the Disney Vacation Club announced its plans for the next location at Disney's Polynesian Resort. I can hear the applause through the computer when this is completed. The Disney Vacation Club's going to have destinations at all three resorts on the monorail system, allowing easy access to the Magic Kingdom. When it's done, it's going to join forces with the 12 other properties, including the villas at Disney's Grand Floridian, which is set to open October 23rd, just about a month away. Construction on the Polynesian project began this month. Completion expected to be in 2015. And while the refurbishments are going on there, there's going to be some other refurbishments in places like the Great Ceremonial House as well. They're going to have more information at a later date. For more information, you can visit DisneyVacationClub.com. I say this affectionately. This is sort of Disney's worst kept secret because this has been rumored for a while, going back to probably 2011, when uh, Steve Seifert, who runs the, the Tiki Man website, started talking about rumors of the Disney Vacation Club to the Polynesian. Obviously, it just makes perfect sense. It's a, it's a badly kept secret, but happily so. And I think the great thing is there are more options for the nearly 200,000 members of the Disney Vacation Club. But more importantly, you got to remember, just because it says DVC or Disney Vacation Club, it's not for DVC members only. Anybody can stay in a Disney Vacation Club villa, whether it's a studio, a grand suite, whatever it may be, a cottage over at the boardwalk. So this is good for all Disney fans, again, because you have bigger rooms with kitchens, microwaves. You can bring the whole family down. So I think uh, a lot of people are very, very happy to hear that finally it has officially been announced that the Polynesian is getting... um, the Disney Vacation Club. I'm watching people in the chat room. Very, very excited about it, whether they are Disney Vacation Club fans or not. Uh, Speaking of destinations, Adventures by Disney made an announcement this week because they're going to be heading out 
to Norway, not the pavilion Epcot, but the actual country upon which it was inspired. Uh, it's a, on a new trip inspired by the soon-to-be-released Walt Disney's Pictures animated film Frozen. So guests are going to follow in the footsteps of the Frozen filmmakers and experience the breathtaking beauty of this magnificent country. Those who seek the spirit of Norway seek, par well, you know what it is. Anyway, they're going to start taking reservations in October for this trip. But for the time being, you can go to movies.disney.com slash Frozen to watch the, fr the Frozen trailer, read the stories, check out some of the characters that inspired this new Nordic adventure. So speaking of new adventures, and forgive me, I don't have the, the graphic for this. Let's talk a little bit about technology, not in the parks, but out at sea. You know, I'm a huge fan of the Disney Cruise Line. We have our cruise on the Disney Fantasy coming up in just a few weeks with Ridley Pearson. And hopefully when we get there, this new technology will be on board because Disney Cruise Line just released and is testing a new app for your mobile device that's going to give cruisers access to the Daily Navigator on your smartphone, right? So right now, the paper navigators are delivered to staterooms every night, and they're really a guide to all the activities happening on board ship. Well, now, whether you're an iOS or Android user, the Disney Fantasy Navigator app is going to work via the ship's internal Wi-Fi intranet, right? So you're not going to have to do the uh, pay-per-minute satellite internet connection, which could get kind of pricey. Uh, you can have your favorites. There'll be a calendar. You can sort of make plans in advance. You'll be able to get information about locations, menus, daily schedules, ports of call, weather, sunrise, sunset, character meeting times, and even the dress code for dinner. Stretchy pants usually helps when you go to cabanas, but that's my personal preference. Anyway, the app's functionality was only being tested on the September 7th and the 14th sailings in the Disney Fantasy, but it's expected that the other three ships will start testing and rolling that out soon. Again, no sort of official timetable as to when that's coming out, but as somebody who... Um, obviously loves cruising. We love the, the convenience of the navigator. Well, I think what we're seeing now is it used to be we would put our phone in airplane mode, which is how it can still work, right? So you don't have any roaming charges. I used to leave my phone in my stateroom. Now we're going to be bringing our phones with us, right? Because we want to take pictures. We might want to get on the Wi-Fi or the, uh, the internet and upload to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or, or whatever it may be. But now we're going to be carrying our phones around because of the access it's going to give us to stuff on the ship. And obviously, we can only anticipate that probably we'll start seeing things like, this is sort of the, their version of the My Disney Experience app, but I think maybe we'll be seeing the use of the phones and the technology for some more interactivity on board, right? So maybe you'll be able to use it for things like uh, the midship detective agency, right? So you can sort of play the Muppets or, or the, uh, the, um, the, the, the painting game using your phone, right? And get some of those maps and check things off using that, interacting with the technology that way. Very exciting to see where the use of what Disney is doing with mobile technology is going, not just on land, but at, on sea as well. All right, let's go back to Walt Disney World, right? Because... Listen, dreams come true. We all know that. If you believe in your dreams, they do come true. And the latest jewel in the new Fantasyland expansion opened like this morning, like 12 hours ago, because the new Princess Fairytale Hall, where Magic Kingdom guests get to live out their dreams of meeting a real Disney princess, opened today. It's home to Cinderella, Rapunzel, Tiana, and a whole bunch of other princesses. And their location clearly is fit for royalty. Lush purple, gold trimmings, stone walls, 
ornate chandeliers. There's an intricate tiara that graces the entranceway. And you really get that sense of nobility and being immersed in the world of the princesses. It fits in with the theming of Fantasyland, sort of in that castle courtyard, that brightly colored tournament tent, like this, this medieval festival is going on. And it really is part of, obviously, this multi-year project that is doubling the size of Fantasyland, continuing the largest expansion in Magic Kingdom history. As you walk in, you'll have uh, a choice between two, two queues, one for Cinderella, one for Rapunzel, and each is going to have their own visiting princess. So it might be Cinderella and Tiana, Rapunzel and Snow White, whoever it may be. And again, in true Disney fashion, heavy stone walls, beautiful stained glass, a lot of images from Cinderella. There's this royal gallery, beautifully created custom-framed portraits from Disney artists before you get a chance to get right in front and meet your princess face-to-face. You can see, too, that the level of intricacy that guests are going to be treated to the leather-bound storybooks and the the storybook that's opened, the rose vases, the wallpaper decorated with crowns and other royal imagery really kind of completes the scene. Bring your cameras, bring your autograph books, and if you forget, that's okay. Photo Pass is in there as well, too. Uh, this obviously means that all the princesses have now moved from their former meet-and-read location over in Town Square. Uh, there's going to be Fast Pass Plus and Legacy Fast Pass. Uh, coming to Princess Fairytale Hall again. So what I want to ask you guys who are watching in the chat room is, what do you think about this this trend and these new sort of attraction-based meet and greets like this? No longer are characters sort of uh, necessarily can be found only out in the parks, right? You can, you can find Alice in Wonderland characters out by the Mad Tea Party, Winnie the Pooh is nearest attraction, but now we're finding that they're giving dedicated locations in prime real estate, right? This was Snow White's Scary Adventure, we saw it first at Pixie Hollow at the Adventureland Veranda. It's been plussed up to the nth degree with Enchanted Tales with Belle, which is really more like an attraction that also serves as a secondary or a tertiary experience, which is the meet and greet. But what we're finding is we're getting permanent homes for these characters. Mickey has one in Town Square. The princesses have one in Fantasyland. It makes sense to find these characters where they are being placed. Um, so I'm wondering what people think about these type of experiences that are not just sort of four bare walls and a place to take a photo, but really heavily detailed, intricately themed, woven into a story. And I'm sure as we go through more and more, we're going to find lots of surprises and little hidden details and tributes in there as well. I like this because the meet and greet experience, I think, for both kids and adults is very much a part of their experience. For some people, it's attractions. For other of us, it's the food. But a lot of the memories are created right there. And again, as time goes on, with the use of my magic bands and my Disney experience, the level of interactivity that I think we're going to see in that places like this afford Disney and the guests to be able to do so. If you walked up to Cinderella, and because you've got your My Magic Band on, she says, oh, hey, Jack, it's so good to see you again. I know you haven't been here in a while. Jack's going to lose his marbles. His brains are going to fall out of his head in the best possible way. And I think that's what locations like this are going to do. I think there's probably more coming to places like uh, the, the the Princess Fairytale Hall in terms of the interactivity and the level of the experience that we're going to have. So I would love to hear more of your thoughts. Some people saying they like the detail, they like the setting for parents, something to entertain me while the kids uh, get sort of fawn over the character as well. 
So I'd like to hear more from you. Leave your thoughts in the comments below, whether you're watching on YouTube or if you're watching or listening via the website over at wdwradio.com. A couple of quick reminders. Don't forget the first annual WDW Radio Food and Wine Quest is going to take place Saturday, October 5th during Epcot's International Food and Wine Festival. You can participate in the Food and Wine Quest alone or in a team of up to four people and play fun, family-friendly games worth different point values to sort of you go through the scavenger hunt and you compete for the WW Radio Food Connoisseur of the Year and the soon-to-be-coveted WDW Radio Cup. Registration is open now. You can visit the events page over at wdwradio.com. You can find more information there as well as on the blog. While you're there too, be sure and check out our videos. Go to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash wwradio. I have a sneak peek of the opening of the California Grill and my sort of quick tour of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and so much more. Don't forget to also subscribe on iTunes, rate and review the show, and more importantly, spread the word, tell your friends, and hopefully come back again next week for www.radio.live.com at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you again so very much for watching. I'm Lou Mangiello. Have a great week, everybody. So until next time, see ya.